Good evening, everybody. Glad to be with you tonight. And we'll start off with prayer, and then we'll get into our um, lesson, teaching, preaching, however it works out for us this evening. Um, continue to pray for all those on our prayer request list, as we've said, Brother Lloyd Shores, Brother Don, uh, Sister Mary, Sister Rhonda Collins, uh, Sister Rhonda um, Roberts, um, Sister Donna Fay, uh, uh, Ruth and Grover, uh, Roy Campbell, Brother Bill and Sister Joanne uh, Bynum, uh, Maggie, uh, Brother Jerry and Sister Joanne, uh, Mariah, Timothy King, uh, Brother Dan, excuse me, Brother Danny, uh, Kayla, uh, Brenda Walls, uh, Brother Henderson. Uh, keep trying to get all these. Jason and Darren, uh, Tony Ludwig, uh, Sister Gail. Uh, Rita's dad's friend uh, and a friend named Shelly, Brother Johnny, uh, Sister Rose Todd and family, Brother Daniel and Sister Diane, uh, Evan and Rob, Joel and Betty Howard, uh, Debbie Scott, Aubrey Bedford, Reverend Steve Harris, um, the Chester family, uh, and Robert's fam Robertson family, Sister Kenya's aunt, Rosa, uh, and then uh, Brother Don Denson had eye surgery. So remember all of these in your prayers. This evening, with that, we'll go to the Lord in prayer. We'll get into our study, Father. Tonight, I thank you, Lord, for your love and mercy. Thank you, dear God, for allowing us to be uh, here tonight to do the study that we've got, Father, for the Word that you've given us. Lord, we thank you so much for the many blessings you provide each and every day. Lord, we pray for those that are lost, those that are backslidden, God, that they would give their lives to you, Lord. Father, we pray tonight that as uh, each need has come before you, Father, and those we know and even don't know. Precious God, that you would move in accordance to your will, plan, and purpose upon those lives. Father, help us to be a light for thee. Lord, help us to be strong. Uh, Lord, in the day we live in, not to surrender, Father, to the world or the things of it, but, dear God, to stand firm for you and show folks your love, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, I pray tonight, help us as we go into your word, that it will be a benefit and a blessing to us, dear God, and encouragement. And we'll ask you, Father, these things, and we'll praise you in Christ's name, and amen. Amen. Uh, so, we, um, I don't know how to put it, uh, me and Netta, and I know others, have uh, really been praying and, and seeking the Lord and praying about revival 
um, in our lives. Um, you know, when we think about revival, oftentimes we think about just the church or a service, um, you know, a meeting. And uh, I've heard some things said of late that um, about revivals, and, and it's just things that's been pondering my mind, and I was thinking about them yesterday. You know, um, we don't have revivals no more because nobody comes. We don't have revivals no more because we don't have uh, men that can bring revival. We uh, don't have revivals no more because we don't uh, have time. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of things or reasons why uh, folks say, you know, we can't have revivals anymore. And so we try to camp, co compress services into now what we call camp meetings sometimes. And it's uh, two or three services in a day. And so we only have to go a day or two uh, in, in trying to do these. And I'll be honest with you, you know, I dealt with that myself. And, and, uh, but over the last few weeks, uh, I would dare say, you know, the, um, really been feeling strong about this and, and, and thinking and praying and um, being encouraged and challenged. And uh, talked to Brother Mike Hogger the other day, and he said revival comes through hearing and reading the Word of God. And that is true. And so, you know, uh, we, we have to be um, reading the Word of God ourselves. We have to be praying and, and then hearing the Word encourages us. And so I got to think about some of these things that were said. We, you know, we don't have revival anymore because nobody comes. And I thought, well, is it important how many folks come or is it important who comes? If the Lord is with us, right, if two or three are gathered in my name there, I am in the midst, he says. Um, so if Jesus shows up, does it really matter how many other folks show up? Uh, we don't have revival because there's no man to bring it. Uh, revival does not come by men, but rather comes by the presence of God in our lives and the presence of God in our church. You, you know, real revival um, is not about a person in the aspect of us, but rather about the person of Christ. Um, if the Spirit of God shows up in a service, we have revival. Uh, if He shows up in our lives, we have revival. Well, the Bible doesn't say, you know, here's what you got to have to have a revival. But we're going to look at three different places this evening. Uh, the first one's in 2 Timothy. Uh, and we're going to look at three different places tonight. Uh, and I guess you could say, talking about a revival. And so 2 Timothy chapter 1, and the word revival is not mentioned here. But let's look at what Paul had to say that he would do or that we should do and we should allow God to do in our lives. Uh, Paul, an apostle of Jesus, verse 1, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God 
according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my beloved or my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with a pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. Now, now look at the word remembrance right there for a second. I have remembrance of thee. Paul was praying for Timothy. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind if we think about the, the apostle Paul and who he was. He, he was an evangelist through and through in a lot of ways, but yet he was more than an evangelist because he was a church setter too. Um, and so when he was talking to Timothy, he remembered Timothy in his prayers night and day. You, you, you want people to get closer to God. You want to see revival break out. We've got to pray one for another. It can't be just praying about how bad things are, but rather start praying about having God to truly work and minister and move in our lives. Uh, so he says in verse 4, he said, Greatly desire to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I called remembrance the unfeigned faith that was that that is in thee. Paul was talking about how strong Timothy was in his faith. His faith didn't waver. Uh, it wasn't uh, determined by who was or wasn't there. It wasn't determined by how many did or didn't come. If you think about John the Baptist, he preached the gospel, right? He preached repentance. Um, and people come out to him. Uh, some just to simply see who he was. Uh, and, and why people were going to see John, but a bunch to see the fact that John was preaching repentance. Uh, he was preaching the, uh, the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And, and he went, you know, he was a famous man, not because he was famous, but because his desire to serve, to love, to honor, and glorify God. Paul saying this to Timothy, he's got this in him this faith that that's just strong faith uh, he said which dwelt first uh, in thy grandmother Lois and in thy mother Eunice and I am persuaded in thee also can I tell you it's something that is passed down it's not just something that shows up we we, we have not got a um, not to we should be passing along strong faith. We should be passing along sincere faith and truthful faith. Uh, we should be living that. Uh, but today, it, it seems like it's hard for anybody to even live a true, sincere faith even. Uh, and we don't show that to our kids, and we're not showing it to our grandkids. If you think about what he said in thy grandmother, it started in the grandparent, um, thy mother, it was passed to the parent, now in thee also. It's passed now to the child. Uh, and Paul was talking about how this was there. That's how we need to be having our families and, and what we need to be doing. He says, wherefore I put thee in remembrance. Now look what he's saying. You remember. You remember. But look at the next words. That thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. And Paul was telling Timothy he, he would lay his hands on him, but he would do he wanted to stir up the gift of God. Folks, that's one thing. We we allow slumbering to take place in our lives, in our homes, in our churches, uh, 
in in the country. And it's kind of like I was saying uh, on Sunday and, and Sunday morning, Sunday night. Uh, you know, it did the, the, the prayer Bible. Uh, you know, we, we talk about what we do and don't want. And, and, of course, we don't want atheists leading our kids in prayer or grandkids in prayer or anything like that. We sure don't want them teaching uh, untrue words and, and stuff, using Bibles that aren't right. Uh, but can I tell you, had we stayed true and faithful to God and been honest and sincere in our faith, in our faithfulness to Him, um, it, we, it would have been different. So it didn't start in the school or it didn't stop in the school. It stopped in the home. And therefore, it must start in the home. Uh, and we need to start stirring up the gift of God. If you're a born-again born believer in Christ Jesus, you have received the Holy Ghost into your life. You cannot live a Christian life without the presence of the Holy Ghost in your life. And it's time to stir up that gift of God that is in you and I so that we will once again be faithful, be diligent, be servers, be worshipers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, so when you think about it, he said, I, I put through your remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, uh, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, we're afraid, um, of what's going to happen or what's going to transpire or what's not. You know, we get afraid of, of, of what won't come to place. But can I tell you, um, if you're afraid of what won't happen, you'll never do anything. Uh, you know, uh, afraid to go down to the gas station. They might be out of gas. So you just sit here at the house and you're, you're, out, of you're out of gas anyways, you know. Uh, and, and if you think about it in this way, the same way with church, revivals with with prayer life with reading the word of god um you know we we sin we tend to have a spirit of fear about what will not take place rather than having a a fearful spirit in the aspect that we're afraid of not doing what god would have us to do uh, so god has not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind uh, and so it says, Be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me as prisoners, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. And the Bible, and remember, Paul told us in Romans, right? He's not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation to them that believe, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, or to everyone that believes. And so. God's not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind, which means that we need to be um, uh, doing the will of God. Uh, we need to be loving the will of God, and we need to know that we are truly following the will of God. We need to be in love with the presence of the Lord in our lives, in our homes, uh, in our churches, uh, wherever we're at. We need to carry out His will, His plan, and His purpose, uh, you know. And, and when I think about it again, uh, you've got to have God, Christ, and the Holy Ghost. Remember, there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. Uh, Jesus told us that whosoever would come unto him, he would no wise and cast out. Uh, God has availed himself to you and I so that we can freely worship him and delight ourselves in the Lord. The Bible talks about this. Uh, but to be honest with you, I'm thinking 
about how that the Spirit of God needs to be um, free in our lives, that, to have free course and free reign. Uh, you know, they talked about uh, the uh, Asbury Revival. I, I, I have a hard time. I'm, I'm not going to say that it's not a move of God. I can't do that. Uh, I have a hard time with the things that I've been able to see, which, you know, in some aspects, but one of the things that I love to see, and it's only between them and God, whether they know it's right, is all those folks coming down to an altar and praying, and just one after another, people down there gathering and praying and, and coming back and praying, and just people, a constant flow of people going to the altar. And I'm going to tell you something. We need that. Uh, in our lives. We need that in our churches, um, in our homes. Uh, we need to have an altar of prayer, and we need to have a consistent time of prayer. Uh, and, and what is wrong, and, and I would say this, what is wrong with having people come to the altar constantly and praying? Doubt what you want to on some things, but I, I will just tell you this, true revival will come when people lay their lives out before the Lord and allow the Lord to work in their lives. That's when revival happens. I I know that I can say beyond a shadow of a doubt that I feel like there's revival in my life. I feel like there's revival in Netta's life. We want to see God to do more things in our lives. And I will say this, though. The stronger you feel and the more encouraged you feel and the more desired you feel, the more aggravated the devil is and he will come against you, the more things of life pop up and they will try to distract you. But here's the deal. Just stay the course. You know, the Bible tells us to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For we know that our labor is not in vain in Christ Jesus. And, you know, and people say, well, how can you abound and be, be, be steadfast or standing still? It's that you're, you're not going to let this world dictate to you what you do, but in rather you're going to dictate to the world what you do. So you're steadfast, unmovable in your faith towards God, for God, your love towards God and for God, uh, your, your love towards Jesus and the, and the willingness to allow the Spirit of God to work in your life. And so you are steadfast, unmovable in your faith and your commitment, and you abound uh, in the work of the Lord. So Paul said to Timothy he was going to stir up uh, that gift that was in him. Uh, then if you go over to uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, 2 Peter chapter 1, again starting, uh, well, let's start this time in verse 12. He said, Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them, and be established in the present truth. Now, now think about this, church. We need to know the will, the plan, the purpose of God, but also understand uh, the blessings, benefits, and calling of God. Uh, and then, understand, you know, as we do this, uh, loving the Lord with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength, loving our, our family, loving our friends, you know, uh, loving those that don't love us. Uh, go ahead and love them and pray for them. I'm going to tell you right now, uh, real revival gets souls saved, right? So you got to love the people who don't love you right now, and you got to pray for them who are lost. And and you know what? I will say this even, and I, and I was preaching the, the funeral service uh, uh, last week. It's the truth. 
the word of God, when it hits somebody and they get mad at the messenger uh, because he's telling them the truth or because he rubbed them the wrong way, but if he's sticking to the word, uh, if you're telling somebody you're sticking to the word and you're, you're talking to a friend and she or he gets mad at you because you've done it, but you stay true to the word of God, they're really getting convicted. That's why they're getting mad. Can I tell you, revival starts with the salvation of souls uh, in, in, in the spread of it. When I, when I say salvation or revival, the revival that starts in us should cause the salvation of souls and then that continues to progress. Why? Because people who get saved after realizing they're lost and miserable and undone, they're excited and, and they want to see other people feel and receive what they've received uh, in the Lord. So he says, wherefore, I will not be negligent uh, to put thee always in remembrance of these things, that you may know them and be established in this present truth. Yea, and I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up by the putting by putting you in remembrance, knowing shortly that I must put off this my tabernacle, even as the Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. Moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance, for we follow not for we have not followed cunning devices devised fables when we may known unto you the power and the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ but were eyewitnesses of his majesty for he received from God the Father honor and glory and there came such a voice from the excellent glory this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased and this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with were with him in the holy mount now understanding this that here we are we, we're seeing in, in Paul's reminding us of who Jesus is what he's done what they've seen and testified and witnessed of it and reminding us that we're going to put off this earthly tab tabernacle at some point in time uh, this body's going to uh, die it's appointed unto man wants to die and after this the judgment this body this flesh is going to die it's not going to heaven flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God uh, I'm going to have a new body. It's going to be a glorified body. It's not going to have any pain or miseries or sorrows. Uh, and, and I'm looking forward to that and I'm thankful for it. Uh, but, but while I'm here, I need to remember to remind people to love the Lord, to follow the Lord, serve the Lord, honoring, glorifying, magnifying, lift him up. And do that, and that showing them is by doing that myself. Um, giving him glory for who he is, also giving him glory for what he's done, and understanding to give him glory for what he'll do. Uh, church, we've, we've been given a great gift, and the gift of salvation is the greatest gift you and I could ever have. And I know we're not always 100% on the upside of the mountain, but can I tell you, we can always be 100% sure that no matter where we're at, the Lord is with us. If we're following him, loving him, honoring him, glorifying, God is not going to leave us. Though we go through the valley of the shadow of death, David said, Thou art with me. Thou prepares the table before me in the presence of my enemy. I can sit down and eat a good meal. Why? Because I'm eating the fruit of the Spirit. I'm eating Christ. I'm, when I say that, I'm eating the fellowship of Christ. I'm having that strength. And God is there. The enemy's coming. And hey, 
I can just celebrate because I know that God is with me, uh, not because he's on my side, but because I'm on his side. And so, uh, you know, Paul or Peter, same here, put us in remembrance. We got to remember these things. Don't, don't forget who we are. Don't forget who God is. Don't forget what God wants us to do. And again, he said to stir you up, putting you in remembrance. And I thought about this word and I looked up the word stir and how many times it's found in scripture. Um, and there's a places there where it's stirred up, but all three of these places where the word stir up come together, it's about being stirred up in the things of God, uh, in the things of the Lord. And so that's where we want to, uh, I guess we'd say if we're going to get stirred up, let's get stirred up about Jesus and uh, what he desires for us. Then the next place, this will be the final place uh, we'll get to tonight, or we'll have for us tonight, will be in chapter 3 uh, of Second Peter. Excuse me. Let me then. Verse 1. Peter talking to him here. This is the second epistle, beloved, and I know, and I now write unto you in both which I stir up in your pure minds by the way of remembrance. He's going to talk to us now. Now look what he's talking about. Uh, the coming of the Lord, the judgment of the Lord. Um, you and I in our faithfulness. He goes, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and by the commandments of the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust. Can I tell you, uh, there's a multitude of those out there. Uh, we need to remember that. He said, in saying, where is the promise of the coming? For since the Father fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. Uh, and, and I'm just going to tell you this. Uh, they which are dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet him in the air, and so shall we ever be. Uh, when you talk about fall, people who have fallen asleep, uh, they are... Uh, the body is in the grave, but the souls with the Lord or the souls in hell, wherever uh, they, their eternity has been put. Uh, but can I tell you this? Things are not the same since the creation of the world. I've, I've said this before. Uh, things changed when God flooded the earth and destroyed the earth the first time. Uh, we need to remember he did so because of the sin. And he talked about how that it repented him that he made man because their hearts and their minds were on uh, evil continually. Uh, he then tells us in Matthew that uh, in the last days, uh, we'll see this, that it, as, as in the last days there, it would be as in the days of Noah before the coming of the flood. And so we see that coming again. And so it's not the same as what it was. Um, it's different, and people want to try to distract us from the fact that sin is growing instead of shrinking and they want to distract us and tell us there's nothing we can do about it but i will say this too they also want us to accept it and just believe that you can be saved and still live a sinful lifestyle and nothing be done about it you know it's not going to matter i'm here to tell you it will matter uh and it will matter and that's why peter telling us to stir up again in remembrance remember these things he said, going on, uh, for this they are willingly ignorant of the word 
or ignorant that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished, and the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store uh, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and the perdition of ungodly men. God is going to judge this world again the next time though he's not flooding it he's burning it up beloved be not ignorant of this one thing that one day is with the lord is a thousand years and a thousand years is one day uh we've we've got a time span that god's allowed us to have then he goes on the lord is not slack concerning his promises as some men count slackness but is long suffering to us word not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance the only reason you and I are still here today is so that we can either give God glory and testify of his mercy and his grace or get right with him. Uh, but there's coming a time when these these will both end. Uh, God will bring his children home to worship him around the throne of glory uh, for eternity in heaven. Uh, but he will also judge the unrighteous men of their deeds and they will spend an eternity in hell. Uh, we sit here and try to calculate time. Uh, and I, I just, you know, I know there's still 24 hours in a day, and there's still however many minutes there are in a in a day. Excuse me, however many seconds there are, and there's still however many days there are in a year. But we all know the older we get, the more it seems like the faster it goes. And and so we're sitting here tonight, uh, the 22nd of February. We're already uh, closing in on the very end of the second month of the year. And it seems like it's gone by pretty quick, although it's not gone by any faster than it ever has. So when we think about this, we ought to think about this. If we're getting closer to the end of the month, we're also getting closer to the return of the Lord. We're also getting closer to our own death, uh, whenever God would have that to be. And so we need to be prepared to meet the Lord. Uh, again, revival in our hearts, revival uh, in our souls, in, in our homes, in our churches, uh, will help people. Uh, we'll will be ready, and it also help other folks to be ready. Uh, again, I don't think you can have, and and I say this carefully. I don't think if you're having a real revival, it's going to be a nut effect. I think it's going to affect people, whether it uh, helps them encourages them, gets draws them to the Lord, get they they accept Jesus Christ. Or they, they get mad and they and they rebel and they go away from it. It's it's not something that's just going to be overlooked and overshadowed. It doesn't. It just can't happen that way. Uh, but verse ten says, "But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the heat uh, and, and the elements shall melt with a fervent heat. The earth also and the works therein shall be burned up." Look at this next question. Seeing then. All, that all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? If you look at this and look at verse 1, this is the second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up. Hey, he, he stirred up, and then he's asking, well, if I've stirred up your pure minds by way of remembrance, what type of people should you be? What type of persons should we be? If we're going to profess ourselves to be Christians, we need to be Christ-like. We need to be Christians. We need to be serving, worshiping, honoring, 
in following the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to be in his word. We need to be in prayer. Uh, we need to be in church. Uh, I just, I, I'll throw that out there. I believe with all my heart, uh, when the services are there, we ought to be there. Uh, and, and again, I'd love for us to, to get to the point to where we were back in church on Wednesday nights, and I understand all the reasons, and I understand I'm partly to blame on that. Uh, but, but I'm just saying that we can be followers and doers of the word of God. And he says, looking for and hastening on the coming of the Lord, of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements of the shall melt with a fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heaven and new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, my beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found in him, uh, found in him, be found of him in peace without spot and blemish. Why? Because the Lord's looking for a church without spot and without blemish uh, or, or blameless. Uh, he's looking for those who are who've set their hearts to him. He understands our inability to be perfect right now uh, because we live in this flesh, but I'm going to tell you, he does not understand our excusing of ourselves to sin because of the flesh. The Bible tells me that I have been freed from sin in Christ Jesus. Therefore, sin should not dominate, rule, or reign over me, uh, and neither should it of you. And so, if you're going to think about these things tonight, again, we need to be stirred up. Stir up ourselves by getting right with the Lord and following Him. Stir up one another. Uh, to do the same thing. Uh, and so putting each other in remembrance of the promises of God, but also the coming of God and the blessings and the benefits of serving God now. And we really need to set our eyes, as the Bible said, set our eyes on things above and not on things of this earth. Uh, and if we'll get the distractions out of the way, I believe we'll start seeing revival in our own hearts, in our own homes, in our own churches. Father, tonight I thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you, Father, for your mercy and your grace. And I just ask you, Lord, have your way in our hearts and souls tonight. Father, thank you so much for being who you are to us. Um, you've given us so much. You give us the Lord Jesus Christ. You give us the Holy Ghost to follow, uh, follow and lead, follow to help us to follow you and lead us, Lord, in the way we need to be. And so we just pray this evening, dear God, uh, help us through thy word. Help us, Father, through the remaining part of this week. Bring us together at the next appointed time, if it so be your will. And we'll give you glory, Father. We'll give you praise, Father, in Jesus' precious, holy, beloved name. And amen. Amen. God bless you. Hope and pray to see you uh, Sunday. Those of you who come to our church, if you don't come, you can come. Come on in. Come on. Uh, and if not, pray for us, uh, but we'll be together again at the next appointed time if the Lord wills.